what's going on everybody and welcome back to the Believe Fantasy Football Show with your pal Fabs here and I've got a special guest, former NFL running back and a guy that I had on a couple of fantasy teams back in the day, Robert Turbin. What's going on, Turbo? What it do? How you doing, man? Things are great. I'm doing well. Uh, I hear you with my guy, Steve Cohen, on Sunday mornings over at SiriusXM on the uh, NFL channel. Man, you having good. fun with uh, Stevie C? I was going to say, it's been a lot of fun working with Steve on Sunday mornings, man. You know, we bring the energy, we bring the juice, obviously some good analysis, on the upcoming ball games, and it's been dope this year. It's been good. Yeah, Steve and I go way back, man. Uh, he's a he's a good guy, a real good friend. Uh, and you also play fantasy football. Uh, you and I are in a couple of leagues together, so uh, you you are in the know when it comes to fantasy, and we're going to talk a lot about that uh, as we finish up week eight with the preview review, excuse me, of the Vikings Niners game, which went in a completely different direction than I think any of us predicted. Not only did the 49ers lose the game on the field, uh, but Kirk Cousins played great. <laughs> Kirk Cousins threw for almost 400 yards against the Niners and scored 21 fantasy points, which was just absolutely insane. No one saw that coming. Uh, Jordan Addison had a big game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had a big game. Alexander Madison, not so much. Uh, give give me your thoughts on this, uh, on this Vikings offense, because it was the first game without Justin Jefferson where they looked good. Uh, they've got Green Bay on the road next week. Well, they've always had a good scheme. And although Alexander Madison didn't have a good game on the ground, they were still able to get enough from him and Cam Akers, who sparked, by the way, with his opportunities last night as well, to be able to utilize some of that play action stuff that they like to do within their offense. So their scheme, you know, works really well. Um, they just they played like a team with nothing to lose last night. And, you know, the 49ers just kind of – you could tell that they were playing with a little bit of extra shouldering. Like, man, we really have to get this done or it's not going to look well. And I think it impacted their team overall. And you saw that when it came to those clutch moments, those opportunities during the fourth quarter, they weren't able to execute and the Vikings got the dub. Yeah, it was it was a weird week overall. Um, this is one of those weeks where you kind of like, you know, you, you crunch it up in a little ball and you throw it in the trash can because nothing seemed to go right. I mean, Kirk Cousins uh, on Monday nights was 2-9 and nine against the spread, uh, dating back to 2015, and, and he goes out there and uh, not only beats the spread, but wins the game outright. For the Niners, Brock Purdy was a disappointment. I thought he'd have a bigger game. You know, he turned the ball over a few times, had only 13 points. Uh, CMC was CMC. Uh, forget about any kind of injury. He had another big game, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, the easiest money in gambling is anytime touchdown Christian McCaffrey on a weekly basis. Uh, he does it every single week. I was bummed that Brandon Ayuk didn't have a bigger game. He had a good first half, and he disappeared in the second half, uh, finishing with only 10.7 points. George Kittle had 13 for the Niners. They've got the Bengals coming up next uh, in a uh, a matchup of, uh, I guess, I don't think that this is a Super Bowl preview, but, I mean, the Bengals are a team that a lot of people had as a potential AFC contender. Maybe that will change, but certainly uh, an interesting game back at home for the Niners. Uh, do you expect them to bounce back now that they've got a two-game losing streak going against a team that's coming off a bye? Well, it's not going to be easy, you know, because you're going up against Jamar Chase and the rest of those boys at the receiving core for the Bengals, and they've been catching their groove. And for whatever reason, the 49ers in the secondary these last couple weeks, uh, you know, haven't been great. They've been struggling. Now, they've had some unfortunate calls go against them. I think in the secondary where I think the referees kind of could have kept those flags in their pocket 
nonetheless, uh, they've been a little bit exposed these last couple of games, especially last night. We talk about these young receivers, KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison, how they were able to find, you know, some open windows. And so it's going to be a tough challenge, but I think with the 49ers being at home and they'll have the 49er faithful behind them as I get a ESPN alert. <laughs> some of the uh, fantasy stuff going on in our league. I, I got the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll bounce back. Uh, they'll bounce back at home, and you'll see a, a sharper game from Brock Purdy and those guys. But when you don't have Debo Samuel, and teams are able to then kind of key on, you know, Brandon Ayuk uh, and eliminate him from a schematical standpoint, you know, it makes it very difficult for the 49ers offense uh, to, you know, to be successful. It's not the type of scheme that is built to, which is which is which is weird to say, but they're not really built to come from behind. And, you know, yeah, I think that's why, you know, you, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, you think about his record, 0-36, you know, I think it is when down eight heading into the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. The, so the, the yeah. Niners, it's funny. The, the NFL, I say this all the time, is only predictable in its unpredictability. And I think we have probably called about five or six teams the best team in the NFL this season. And then those teams go on to lose. Uh, <laughs> we are never going to know who the best teams are until we get into the postseason and see who's hot. Yeah. You know, even the Chiefs, like the Chiefs are playing really well. They haven't, they haven't beaten anybody. They haven't played a good team besides Detroit, and they lost to Detroit. That was without Travis Kelsey before the whole Taylor Swift thing. So, uh, I, you know, I, I I just don't know if there is a best team in the NFL uh, that is going to last more than a week or two because it's just so unpredictable. You know, it was the Cowboys, and then it was the Niners, and then the Bills killed the Dolphins. And uh, listen, folks, we're not yeah, going to the Eagles. It's just one of those weird things. Um, uh, you know that we we just we're, we're never we're never going to be able to uh, predict it until we get into the postseason and see who's hot and who's not. So uh, let's go through some of the big injuries that have happened across the National Football League. Uh, obviously, the biggest story of the weekend was Bijan Robinson, who was mm. started across mm. the board. Didn't feel well. It was never reported. Apparently, the NFL is going to look into that. And Bijan did nothing because he barely played uh, against Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts on Bijan? Like, should should the Falcons kind of given us a little bit of an indication that maybe he wasn't going to play? Why would he even be active in that game? Like, as a former running back, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they certainly should have uh, said something about his discomfort or whatever was going on with him for sure. You know, because there's a lot of there's a lot at stake, you know, for these yeah. games. You know, you got people betting and, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that are going on. And to not communicate is certainly something that puts folks at a disadvantage. Now, for Bijan, you know, if he's if he's not feeling well and and he still wants to play, you know, if you guys are all coming together, head coach, training staff, Bijan, and you're like, I want to gut through this, you know, for the team, uh, then that's that's another thing. You know, you got the, you got, you know, that's what we do as athletes. We play through stuff. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of happens from day one. And, uh, you know, you got your famous flu game from Michael Jordan. There's all kind of, you know, games where guys are playing and they're, and they're not feeling quite right. But, but, but to not, pre- you know, report it so folks can be prepared, I think, uh, you know, I think wasn't the right way to go about it. And so, but hopefully Bijan can find a way to find his stride because, uh, he's really plateaued, you know, this season since like week one. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah the numbers haven't been there. Uh, he's got t- the Titans this week. I mean, remember, he was a first-round pick in fantasy. He was a top-five pick in fantasy in a lot of drafts. So uh, hasn't lived up to expectations just yet. Uh, but uh, I'm not giving up on him. Again, tough matchup this week. Hopefully he'll be good to go uh, and can bounce back in a battle of Bijan and Derrick Henry in what might be a low-scoring game there in Tennessee. Uh, Deshaun Watson was uh, injured, cleared, didn't come back. We're not sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, the Browns have the Seahawks. It could be P.J. Walker. Uh, Watson's looking like a massive mistake by the Browns at this point. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he's he's got a long time to go on that contract, so I guess he's got time to turn things around. But speaking of the Browns, uh, Jerome Ford's going to be out for the next week or two uh, with an injury. And so now Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong uh, become better fantasy options. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt's probably a pretty good start this week against Seattle, right? It really is. He is. He is. Kareem is finally going to get his opportunity now to, you know, prove to really the world that he's still a starting uh, running back caliber player, which I still believe. Kid's 27, 28 years old. He hasn't had the wear and tear on his body, you know, the last two, three years because he's been a one-two punch kind of guy, not having to take the brunt of things like he did when he was in Kansas City. Really hasn't had to do that since then, right? He's always had Nick Chubb as his tag team partner. But now, you know, he'll have Pierre Strong with him, but I think he'll get the bulk of the opportunities and the carries and obviously the plays, and you'll see his versatility on full display. In between the tackles, you know, outside, and then catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, If this offense is able to catch a rhythm, a big piece of it is going to be because of how Kareem Hunt is playing. Yeah, and the Browns have to run the ball uh, and establish the the ground attack, especially if it's going to be P.J. Walker under center there uh, in Seattle. We will find out later in the week. Uh, let's talk about Dawson Knox, who hasn't really made much of a fantasy impact, but now he's going to be out. Uh, he's got he's got an injury. He may need to have surgery. Dalton Kincaid, who had a big game last week, now suddenly he could end up being a top 10 tight end the rest of the season, Turbo. Yeah, well, there hasn't been a whole lot of highlights from the tight end spot anyway. Yeah, And it kind of feels like that all the time. Year after year, it's Travis Kelsey and then, you know, kind of like uh, luck of the draw. You know, even George Kittle, to a certain degree, hasn't shown the consi- – like, on the field, he's playing well. He's doing his job. He's making his blocks. But in the fantasy light of things, it, you know, it, 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 it it's a lack of production there from, from Kittle on a consistent basis. Right. And so yeah. absolutely – Kincaid, a guy who a lot of us were high on coming out of the draft uh, because of his receiving ability, uh, now is going to get a lot more opportunity to be involved in this offense. And, you know, listen, uh, outside of Stefan Diggs, you know, we've talked about this a bunch when it comes to the Bills. Like, you know, who's that number two guy? And for whatever reason, the Bills keep trying to lean on Gabe Davis and bless, you know, bless his soul, but he's just not. He's just not that, you know, and so maybe Kincaid can kind of, you know, step up and and, and be that, uh, you know, be that guy sort of like Hawkinson has become for the Vikings. Yeah, Kincaid's a, and he could be out there on the waiver wire in some in some leagues. And we're going to talk about the waiver wire right now. Uh, I know Turbo's going to be taking some notes because he's got to put in his waiver claims tonight as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've got to put in claims for like 15 teams. So uh, it's it's quite a bit. Um Let's start off, though, with the quarterback. Uh, and I, really, there's only one quarterback who's on the waiver wire that I think is worth adding, and that's Kyler Murray. 
We're not sure when he's coming back, but he's available in more than 50% of leagues on Yahoo. And this guy has been, you know, an elite quarterback from a fantasy perspective during his career. We're not sure what we're going to get from him this year in terms of coming off an ACL and being able to run with the ball, which is a big part of his game. Uh, but your, your thoughts on Kyler Murray when he actually is able to come back, certainly a guy that needs to be owned across the board. You know, I think he'll have a fast start, you know, because he'll be fresh, fresh-minded, fresh legs. So I think you'll see some nice spark plays from him early. He's not a guy that I would depend on, you know, three, four weeks, you know, into his opportunity to get back and start. That's when you'll start to see, I guess, the Kyler Murray of old, you know, if I even want to phrase it that way, you know, the interceptions, you know, the fumbles, you know, the mistake, the mistakes, especially, you know, when you think about an offense that, uh, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of weaponry to, you know, to their disposal outside of James Conner, who's out right now with an injury as well. No disrespect, you know, to those other receivers. So I think the Cardinals are a little bit better with Kyler Murray, um, but I don't think he's the difference maker that I think that a lot of decision makers for the Cardinals would expect. I, I got to get into some of the backfields around the league with you, because in the past, it was, hey, th this running back, this starter goes down, and we know who the handcuff is and who's going to be the guy to pick up off the waiver wire uh, to to fill that void, both in terms of real and fantasy. This year, that hasn't been the case in every case. So let's talk about the Cardinals here, continuing after the chat about Kyler. Two weeks ago, James Conner goes down, and it's Amari DiMercato. We go out and spend all our fab on Amari DiMercato, and he touches the ball three times, and it's Keontae Ingram, who apparently is the starter. And then we go and we spend on Keontae Ingram, uh, and this past week he plays special teams and does nothing on offense, and it's DiMercato and Damian Williams. I don't know what the hell is going on in Arizona's backfield. I don't know if Jonathan Gannon just hates our fantasy football teams. I mean, is it DiMercato now going forward? Like, as a, as a former running back, Turbo, like, I don't understand like the, the the whole situation there in Arizona where you go from a guy who was number one on the depth chart to putting him on special teams and then throwing a guy in there who was third on the depth chart and ultimately he was the lead back. Like, uh, what are the Cardinals doing there? And can, can we can we know unless we're in the running backs room? Well, it's certainly difficult if you're not in the building to try to, you know, guess, you know, who's going to play and what's going on. But I always lean on a couple of things. Number one, uh, who's the vet? And DeMarcado, kind of the younger guy. So that's why I think that initially, um, who they would go with initially? Keontae Ingram. Yeah, initially going with Keontae Ingram, who's, you know, just a little bit more experienced, made sense. But, you know, he didn't get it done. And then you have to look at like a guy like Damon Williams, who's not only gotten it done over his career, but he's been in big time games, you know, yeah, Super Bowl yeah, in his career as well. Mm -hmm. And so you have to think about what does the running back position consist of? Like when, when, when teams are going to go substitution, like the Rams. Okay. And it's like, well, why, why, why would they just go with Henderson right off the couch? Well, you have to take into account what's required at the running back spot, okay? We can't just think about fantasy points from rushing touchdowns, okay? Well, you got to be able to pass protect out there on third down. You got to be able to understand what defenses are doing 
and recognize, you know, certain blitz packages, okay? So you'd be able to step up and protect the quarterback. Those are the back. That's why Damian Williams is out there and not the other guy. Because they uh, he understands, like, okay, the, the, they might be coming from the other side, okay? And I got to be able to see it. They're disguising it really well. But because of my experience and all the other defenses that I've seen o- over the course of my career, I'm going to be able to recognize it, get over there, and make the block, which then is going to lead to opportunities carrying the football, catching it out of the backfield. So, yeah, I think those are things that we have to take into account when we think about the Cardinals, when we think about the Rams and these backup running backs that are, you know, that may or may not play. Yeah, You mentioned the Rams, and that was another one. Like all week we were guessing, oh, well, Zach Evans, it's got to be him. He was third on the depth chart. Oh, no, they're going to bring up Royce Freeman because Zach Evans can't pass protect. And then Oh, wait, they're going to sign Daryl Henderson off the street. And then ultimately he ended up being the guy. Although Freeman got a lot of burn in that game too, uh, this past week against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, if you're, if you're Zach Evans or Royce Freeman, are you thinking, man, I made the team like what's going on? Why are they signing a guy off the couch? And he's going to end up being the starter and play more than I am. Absolutely. You are. Yeah. Especially Zach Evans. Royce, you, you understand the game a little bit more. You're a veteran. You know, you, 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 you get it. But, you know, for Zach, it's it's disappointing. But you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? Why did they make that choice? You know, what am I not doing uh, for them not to entrust in me the way that they entrust in these other guys who were, you know, on the couch watching the yeah. games? Yeah, exactly. the season. So, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a self, you know, it's a self-reflection kind of thing for Zach to put himself in position and get ready. So Daryl Henderson, uh, Amari DiMarcado uh, will be popular ads off the waiver wire this week. I think Devin Singletary, who got more burn before Houston's bye week, um, and Damian Pierce, to me, is still the better play, at least at this point. And they've got a really good matchup against Carolina, but Singletary uh, is is definitely going to be worth a look as well. We mentioned Pierre Strong now that Jerome Ford's going to be out. Uh, so running back, there's some options. There's nothing great. Uh, I think Henderson's clearly the, the cream of the crop there. Wide receiver, how about Josh Downs? Now, Josh Downs, I've had him on my waiver wire article for three straight weeks. This is not a new thing. He's been producing pretty good numbers for the better part of the last month. But for some reason or another, he just didn't get picked up. Well, after he goes for five, 125 and a touchdown against Cleveland, well, now he's going to get picked up off the wire. uh, And the Colts have the Saints coming up next. Tough matchup. But some of these rookie receivers, we're seeing this more and more often, Turbo. You know, look what Jordan Addison did on Monday night. We're seeing rookie wide receivers coming in the league and make an impact. Justin Smith and Jigba, without DK Metcalf, had a good game this past weekend. Uh, Josh Downs, who's not a big guy at all, right? Zay Flowers, not a big guy, but they're making an impact. W- what, in your opinion, is the reason why these rookies are coming in at wide receiver and 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 giving us that immediate gratification more than in the past? Yeah, well, first of all, I, just to take one quick step back as it pertains to running backs, I think another guy – off the waiver wire that you may see is Jeff Wilson Jr. And, you know, we'll see what kind of opportunities uh, he ends up getting as the season prolongs. But, you know, these rookie wide receivers, man, it, it, it's taken some time for some of these guys to get their footing. You, you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, to a certain degree, uh, you know, took time. Uh, but what do those two guys have in common? Well, the starters are out. DK was out. Justin Jefferson was out. So that leads to more targets you know, more opportunities, you know, and then obviously more opportunities then to produce on the field. You know, you think about Josh Downs 
in Indy, well, Alec Pierce has been out. You know, he's he's been dealing with an injury, so he's you know kind of stepped in and uh, in, in in some in some games of his absence uh, has really stepped up. But I'm always weary of flash guys, guys who have a good game, good two games, and then they go silent for a couple games. You know, that that's kind of been Josh Downs to me. That's why I haven't really been you know on the the, the waiver wire train per se as it pertains to going out and getting him because it's just like, you know, I don't know for sure if that's what I'm going to get week in and, and, and week out, you know, from him. So maybe he's a good guy to have uh, as far as depth is concerned, especially at this part of the season. Um, but certainly a guy who can obviously uh, get it done. He's proven it. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, Kendrick Bourne has had a couple of good games in a row. He's got Miami this week. He had a big game against them in week one, so he's worth an ad. If you're in a deeper league, Jalen Hyatt, another rookie wide receiver, uh, who had only two catches last week, but two big, long catches. He's a stretch-the-field kind of guy. Tight end, we talked about Kincaid. He could be floating around out there, not in competitive leagues, but he could be out there in some home leagues. Uh, Trey McBride uh, is probably out there. He's starting to see more burn uh, than Zach Ertz. And uh, Taysom Hill has been good the last couple of weeks. But Juwan Johnson could be back this week, so keep that in mind. But Taysom Hill, uh, also worth a look off the wire. So next thing I want to do, because we've got our great guest here, Robert Turbin, uh, on the program, we're going to play a little game of turbo or no-go. And this (laughs) is going to be a trade situation. So I'm going to throw out a name, and you're going to tell me whether or not you want to trade him, which is no-go, or I'm keeping him, which is turbo. Like, you don't want to get rid of this guy rest of the season. I'm going to start off with Tua Tungavaloa, who has got the Patriots this week, who he didn't have a good game against earlier in the season. He's had really good games, but he's had some kind of mad games as well. So are you going turbo or no-go on Tua? I'm going turbo on Tua. He's got too many weapons around him. When healthy, you know, uh, obviously Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, okay, the backs, okay, Mostert. We'll get a chain or a chan. I think is how you pronounce it back. Yep. I'm keeping, I'm keeping Tua. Okay. Um, Tua is certainly a guy who can put up huge numbers at any moment. I'm interested to see how he does this week against the Patriots at home, especially the dolphins coming off of a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tua at the end of the year is going to end up being a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. 100%. Now let's now this one here is interesting and you may or may not disagree with me here. Okay. Um, Raheem Mostert, like for me, he has been far and away better than anyone ever predicted he would be. But you mentioned A-Chan will be back at some point. You've mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. also back in the mix. Is Raheem Mostert turbo or no-go? Are you looking to trade him right now or you want to keep him? You keep keep him. He's turbo. He's turbo all the way. It takes two to tango, you know, and he's still going to be in the mix. Even when A-Chan comes back, he'll still be the lead back. He'll still get his opportunities, uh, and he'll still be very productive on your fantasy team. So he's a turbo as well. Both Miami guys, they're turbo right now. All right. Josh Jacobs, who, listen, the rushing totals are way down. You know, he's really stayed afloat in fantasy in part because he's been catching the ball out of the backfield. He did neither this past week and had a really bad game. You got Detroit coming up next on Monday night. The Lions are good against the run. Josh Jacobs has overall not produced what we were hoping for. 
Uh, is he a turbo or a no go? This is a tough one. It because, is because running back is so difficult in fantasy. It, 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 you know, the depth wise, you hate to lose a guy that you know is going to get opportunities. I think he's a turbo, but he's not a starter. If you have an option there, an alternative that you can put as a starter and put Josh Jacobs on the bench, he's a turbo, but he's a reserve. Wow. Until until proven differently down the road. Yeah, it's been tough sledding with him. It really has been. Uh, you know, the good thing is that he's getting the volume. It's just when when you got a tough matchup uh, or the Raiders fall behind, it's it's problematic. I mean, and, and you know, this was a game this past week. I mean, they played the Bears. I mean, listen, the Bears defense is not, you know, the 85 Bears defense with Buddy Ryan. And, the, right. and, and so I think that's why people are, are certainly down on Josh Jacobs right now. Uh, I, I don't know if you'd be able to get value for him if you did try to trade him right now, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how much value exactly. you Yeah, And that's another wide keeper. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I'd keep him because it's just like you're probably not going to get much for him anyway. And, you know, it's just like, I mean, listen, if I offered you Josh Jacobs for Deontay Foreman, who had a hell of a game, you might, you know, you might take that. You might, take <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we're expecting Jacobs to play the way that Foreman did. Yeah. He had exactly. a huge game. Yeah. Foreman you know? saved, he saved my bacon in a bunch of leagues last week. Uh, another running back, Aaron Jones, who came back last week and had a great matchup and did nothing. In, in fact, AJ Dillon had more touches. Was this more of a situation where they're kind of easing back from the hamstring? Um, or is this what we're going to see from Aaron Jones? Is he a turbo or a no-go? He's a turbo. And this is only because they're trying to ease him back in. That's a, A.J. Dillon you, has done nothing. You want to talk about somebody who's done nothing? Yeah. A.J. Dillon has had all the opportunities in the world, okay, because Aaron Jones has been out. To, 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 to prove that you can be, you know, a quote-unquote bell cow, the guy. He's done, nothing, he's done nothing in fantasy as a starter for, for folks who have him on their team, all right, as a reserve guy stepping in for Aaron Jones. He hasn't given you much on a consistent basis. Certainly not the sort of numbers that we were expecting for a guy who was going to be carrying the load for the uh, Green Bay Packers, a team also leaning on the run because they're young quarterback in Jordan Love. So, yeah, I think Aaron Jones, he'll find his footing – uh, and he'll be good to go. He's also a keeper. Yeah, I mean, Dylan's had one good game against the Raiders, and that was it. I mean, he's been such a disappointment. All right, we'll move on to the wide receivers. I don't think it's any coincidence that you went turbo on all the running backs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, Devontae Smith, like A.J. Brown is getting all the targets, and he's really made Devontae Smith hard to start on a weekly basis. Still an explosive player in a really good offense. Uh, is now the time to trade him or trade for him? Are you going turbo or no-go on Devontae Smith? Man, this is a tough one right here. This is a tough one. Um, wow. Because I do believe that you can get good value. Like, if, you know, if, if, I, if I've got Devontae Adams and, you know, someone says, hey, you know, you want to do Devontae for Adam Thielen straight up. I I might have to consider that. Isn't that because crazy? Of, because Adam Thielen at least has the consistency this season. You know he's going to be there. 
And Devontae Smith completely Caspers on us. And yeah. he's done it the last few weeks. And so I would say if there is a, a, a lateral move or a slight upgrade, um, I'd trade him. He's a, yeah. he's a, uh, you know, he's a, what is it? A no go. He's yeah. I know. I'll tell you, it is crazy to think that Adam Thielen has been a better fantasy wide receiver than Devonte Adams and Devonte Smith, uh, who was drafted far ahead of Adam Thielen. You would trade Smith for Thielen straight up in a heartbeat right now. Really? Uh, that's that, that, and th- there's, there's no, uh, second thought about that. Uh, that's just a, it's a scenario I never thought we would see. 